really the only thing blocking me from allowing myself to be a grounded person is the belief that I'm not like I've been telling myself for so long that you're not a grounded person like you're like air like kind of um space cadet you know like I identified as that for so long so I'm almost more in like the hypnotherapy realm and the manifesting realm of like what if I just shift my belief about who I am and how I show up in the world vibe in it home girls homeboys whoever's on the other side of this podcast it's your home girl kelsey aida best-selling author transformation facilitator and i am back with another mini segment called affirmation of the week so today's episode is brought to you by affirmations for happiness which is one of my affirmation guidebooks that i have written and channeled for you to bring more joy and happiness to your day And I asked the book, what is the mantra that we need to focus on this week? And here is the page that I flipped to. I'm willing to release judgments in the name of joy. I let go of all judgments of myself and my life experience. My partner, my boss, my friends, my family, my body, my accomplishments, my habits, my timeline, my thoughts, my mood, my progress, my circumstances, and ultimately, my life. Constantly appraising and rating myself only makes happiness more difficult to create. As I let these judgments slip away, I create space for more loving perspectives to enter my mind. Hmm, isn't that nice? It is really powerful what happens when we choose to release the judgment in the name of our own feeling good, right? A lot of times we're judging and criticizing ourselves or others to try and make us perform better, try to make them do better. And not only is it not very beneficial, but it just like eats at your soul, right? So if you're really dedicated to your own joy and your own happiness, the challenge this week is to drop the judgments, release the judgments in the name of, I deserve to feel better. So I'm going to stop this habit. So if you want, place your hand on your heart and repeat after me, I'm willing to release judgments in the name of joy. And that's it. That's your affirmation for the week brought to you by Affirmations for Happiness. You can grab your copy in the show notes, gift one to a friend, and I hope that makes your week just a little more bright. Hello, hello, beautiful, high vibinate peeps, friends, homegirls, homeboys, everyone on the other side of this podcast. We're super soaked. I was going to say stoked and psyched, and it came out soaked. We're super soaked to have you today. Super soaked summer vibes to have you on this wonderful day, this wonderful episode where we're talking to another intuitive. We have a special guest on, a new friend who's also a fan of the show. So I'm super excited to have her on and connect with her. She is an intuitive life coach, a tarot reader, a psychic, and she also hosts two podcasts. One is called Out of the Mud, which is for mental health, all things mental health related, and another one called Dear Starseed, which is her newer one that I'm sure everyone listening here will love to dive into. And her name is Marina Biggio. So thank you, Marina, for being here and welcome to the pod. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is honestly crazy to me because I've been listening for, I think, 
over three years now. So I'm like trying not to fangirl out, but <laughs> manifest like, awesome. from day one. If you've been listening yeah. for like three years, that's pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting to talk with you guys and see you face to face. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited to just see where the universe takes us and see what we need to discuss today. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm coming to to test date with all the answers or at least a sneak peek at the answers because you and I, Marina, actually have had a conversation. So I kind of know a little bit more than than maybe most people listening about your story. So for those that don't know, just tell us a little bit about or a lot about yourself and your path and kind of what led you to here. Just tell us as much as you want us to know about you. Yeah, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this because you know, I could go, I could probably spend an hour talking about it. So I'm like, how do I condense this down into like spark notes, essentially? (laughs) Um, So I think it all started, of course, with a dark night of the soul. Uh, For me, that was depersonalization disorder. Uh, So for people who don't know what that is, it's essentially like a chronic dissociation where you feel disconnected from the world around you, from your body. at the time, I didn't know that's what I was going through. So I thought everyone saw the world the way that I did. It kind of happened really slowly. And so I always had this feeling like something was wrong. And yeah, it was really, really hard. So that's what um, one of my podcasts is, uh, is about is that whole experience because people feel that way all the time. And it's not necessarily talked about enough. Um, but while I was going through that, when I healed, it was very miraculous feeling like it felt I remember standing in my dorm room because I was in college at the time looking in the mirror looking at my hands which uh I used to really like uh struggle with where I would be looking at myself and I wouldn't recognize myself these things that you know come with the depersonalization and I remember feeling like the life force come back into my body really quickly and it was just shocking. Like I was in shock for a long time. That whole experience uh, initiated a Kundalini awakening, which this is good timing because you guys just had someone on kind of talking about Kundalini. Uh, So that's awesome for listeners. If you don't know what Kundalini is, you can go back to that episode. Um, So I kind of had that spontaneously happen, which was again, I was like, what is happening to me? Like, thought I was going crazy. I had to take a year off of school. And uh, yeah, that that whole experience kind of catapulted me into spirituality because it felt to me very magical, even though it was hard. And I just using spirituality as like a lens to look at that really hard stuff through really helped me. So ever since then, I've been really into all things spirituality. And then more recently, started listening to my intuition more and discovered like witchcraft and like all these different forms of magic and playing with ritual and uh then I started doing palm readings and then while I was doing palm readings I realized I wasn't like following the book anymore like I used to be very logical my I actually have a degree in engineering and so all of a sudden like practicing palm reading just for fun I realized oh my God, like this isn't actually like book stuff that I'm spouting, like I'm channeling. Fast forward, I'm almost at the end, but fast forward to uh, the second kind of like intense awakening I had was with 
um aliens actually so I was watching Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind have you guys do you guys know what that is okay yeah and in the middle they're like talking about how like aliens are real and like there's really benevolent aliens that want to help us and connect with us and my brain's just like oh yeah like that makes sense and like as soon as I had that thought I had this feeling of like being pulled into like a channel and I have free will so I was like do I want to follow this because it's a surrender feeling to like Mm -hmm. connect to energy and like that and I was like yeah fuck it basically (laughs) and so I had this interaction with them and I can't even remember exactly what was said but I remember the feeling just like pure angelic presence like they're so smart and just yeah so spiritually evolved called my sister after that and I was like what just happened (laughs) gotta call the sister yes (laughs) had to call my sister because I was like trying to process what just happened like again am I crazy and while I was on the phone with her I didn't realize I was still in a psychic trance from that experience so while I was on the phone I started getting intuitive messages about her and her life and so I started channeling and she got out her notebook and like and I didn't even know what I was doing I didn't know it was channeling so I started writing Uh, or she started writing down everything I was saying. And we moved from her whole life to, she had three other girls living with her in the same house. I had never met them before. And I channeled for them in their life. And she like got back to me later and she's like, Marina, I don't know what, (laughs) what you were doing, but I, you know, gave these messages to my roommates and they were just like in shock and like, it was what they needed to hear. So long story short, I quit my corporate job and now I'm doing intuitive life coaching and tarot and psychic readings and figuring it out as I go. So damn. Wow. So how long <laughs> has this been going on? How long have you been like channeling and doing readings and stuff like that? Professionally a year. Uh-huh. Uh, before that, I did a lot of like tarot and oracle cards. Um, but before that, I just thought I was like good at giving advice. Right. Really, That's I how think we all think that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've always like fallen into that kind of coach role in people's lives, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, uh, it's actually something I've had to heal out of. Like a lot of my friendships early on in my life, I was like, it was very one-sided, yeah. if that makes sense. So I had yeah. to like kind of move out of that. Yeah. Yeah. When you have like wisdom and messages and you're just a natural guide for people, it's like you have a neon sign on your forehead that's like, mm-hmm. ask me anything, ask me for advice. I can help you. Let me help you. And everybody comes. And like, this happens to me all the time. I'll go speak at an event or something. People are like, should I leave my lover? Or like, ask me these like existential questions. I'm like, why are you asking me? I don't know anything about your life. <laughs> I'm like, no. I don't know. Like, let me <laughs> tap in and I can try and give you some advice. But it's just funny because you're like, when when you have that gift like people can sense it and they, and they yeah. come to you for it without you even knowing that you have the gift right like you didn't realize that you were tapping into yeah. something higher this whole time and I yeah. when I started with um therapy one of the first questions they ask you well when I started studying how to be a hypnotherapist they ask like are you someone that people always went to for advice because that's a big <clears throat> you know a big sign of someone who's supposed to be maybe not supposed to be, but would be good at coaching or therapy, something like that. And I distinctly remember having just very vivid memories of both my parents at separate times, like looking at me, like I had answers and I'm like 10 or 11. I'm like, 
you know, like, what are you supposed to, but like that stuck in my brain and I'm like, yeah, everyone, my friends, but it always started with like the ones closest around you because they have access to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like what you said about going back to the aliens, Kel, sorry, <laughs> but I love what you said about like them being benevolent, um, higher dimensional. I think what I've heard most is they're more like energy versus like physical they're more like energetic beings, light beings. Anyway, um, and I was watching, did you guys, have you guys ever seen Interstellar? Yeah. Yes. I love that okay. movie. <laughs> that movie has been one of my favorite, especially, of course, the ending when I was like, when I first watched it a few years ago, I was like, oh my God. Yes, they get it. Like they understand. And it was weird because you don't see a lot of movies that deal with aliens like that. They're always evil, right? They're always like, I mean- other beings they're always wanting to get you but I watched on the flight home from Michigan to Vegas I watched that movie and highly recommend not watching interstellar when you're in an airplane especially if the airplane has turbulence because they're like shooting off into space in these rockets and I'm like this is way too interactive for me I'm gonna need to turn it off so then I turned on Miss Congeniality and everything was fine but <laughs> it was just so funny and I just I just rewatched it recently which is very funny that you're talking about this because they I when you say that it reminds me a lot of that movie and what they were trying to express which is like you know obviously relativity and all that stuff but really this this idea of like something otherworldly trying to help you in a way is very Mm -hmm. very interesting and I'm also kind of salty because I've had that revelation that you had and no one's pulled me anywhere to tell me nothing so I'm still waiting for my beings to talk to me It's such yeah. a cool story though. I love that. Yeah, it was um it was definitely really cool. It was very ungrounding. I've had a lot of very ungrounding experiences, if that makes sense. And actually I think when I talked with you, Lindsay, it was like one of the things I want to work on is actually like not like overconnecting, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um and from a lot of healers I've gone to, it's just a lot of past life trauma that uh has made it difficult for me to feel embodied like here on earth. And so sometimes that might make it easy to connect, but it can make it difficult to connect to like your human life, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as somebody who spoke about, I forget the word you use, dissociate, chronic disassociative. Yeah. Dissociation or dissociative. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, the, the, as you keep talking and especially about this past life stuff and making it easier for you to connect because you're kind of, here and there at the same time, I I would imagine it would be easy for someone like that to disassociate because they're somewhere else a lot of the time or they feel as if they are. So um, can you go back to the looking at your hands piece? I know you said yeah. you were you found yourself looking at your hands and then you felt the life force kind of come back into you. Can you kind of, without being too personal, don't feel free not to, but can you kind of stretch that experience out for people that maybe have experienced that or have not experienced that and kind of explain like what you went through? Yeah, definitely. Uh, So I guess to explain it better, I can explain what dissociation feels like. Yeah. Um, And then from that, you can kind of understand, okay, what that shift would be like. So for me, when I felt dissociated, you know, it can start off as a really subtle thing. We actually all dissociate all the time. It's a defense mechanism. It's good for us. You know, we're supposed to be able to dissociate. Um, And I obviously like don't know any of this for sure because we're still understanding dissociation, but 
just based off of the people I've interviewed and the research I've done, this is what I believe about dissociation. Um, but yeah, I think it's a defense mechanism to protect your psyche. If something traumatic happens, you don't want to feel all of that mm -hmm. essentially. So your body dissociates, um, or the way I look at it is actually your soul dissociates from your body and indigenous communities actually know this concept way better than we do. So I'm excited for like a, basically like an uprising of that, a remembering of that, um, concept about the soul and the body. Um, but yeah, so it started off really subtle and slowly got worse and worse. And so by like the peak dissociation, I kind of saw everything as like dull and lifeless. So things looked three-dimensional, but they lose like this sheen. Like we don't realize that when we have our life force in our body, the things we're looking at have like an energy to them. Like it's like this glow, this like shine, this sparkle. It's really hard to describe because- okay, I'm visualizing Dorothy going to Munchkin land where everything turns color. Yes, that's a great way to think about it. So I was seeing in color, I was seeing in 3D, but it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, but that's a great way to think about it. And so you can imagine going from black and white mm -hmm. as this little human being having this like thinking black and white is everything. And then all of a sudden, like things are in color and three-dimensional and shiny and bright. It was super shocking. Actually, that recovery, I think, was almost like more traumatic right than like the actual <laughs> like dissociation I can imagine <laughs> I have a free gift for you I'm giving away my money magnetics guided meditation every time I do this meditation I kid you not if I do it for a few days in a row money magic seriously happens once it helped me to hit my highest month in sales at the time which was over $28,000 Another time, it brought in a new opportunity for my fiance to start making 10x what he made before, which obviously really supercharged our household income. Another time, it helped me to attract a huge financial gift. But generally speaking, this is the meditation that I use to just always help me keep manifesting more and more money. You can download it now at kelseyaida.com slash mmfreebie. Find this link in the show notes, and you'll have to send me a message on Instagram to let me know how it goes for you. Yeah. Um, my, my mom came to pick me up after that experience. And she said, it looked like I had seen a ghost. Like I was just like white in the face when I saw her, because it kind of felt like before I recovered, almost like I was in a walking coma, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't have my power. That's a big part. We don't realize how much power is in our soul and our like prana, whatever you want to call it, chi that's where our authority and our power lives. So a lot of times people that dissociate a lot are having a hard time connecting with their power and authority, especially if they had trauma where that was taken from them. Mm -hmm. So it's complicated, but it's also really like a basic human nature thing at the same time. This mm. is a very small example, but I didn't get contacts or glasses until I was like 11 or 12. And the mm -hmm. different when I realized how bad my eyesight really was, it was like, I felt like the world got so much bigger because I could see, I could actually see farther and I could like see details that I'd never known were there before. So again, yeah. very small example, but for anybody that wears contacts, <laughs> take them out and you might know what she's talking about a little bit. So like what happened when you were like in that moment, like what do you mm -hmm. think happened to make, to trigger that like life force coming back into you? Was it anything particular or did it just seem random? 
I wonder that a lot, um, especially because I talk to a lot of people that are experiencing dissociation now and want to like heal from that. And I really don't know what, what kind of triggered that. I was doing so many different things at once that it could have been the combination. It could have mm. been one thing. Uh, for me personally, I was practicing a lot of mindfulness. Uh, I was yeah. going to yoga. Um, I would say like those things were definitely helping, but the last few things I kind of like added into my regimen, I didn't know what I was trying to do, but I was trying to shift something. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm just like, this feels important. Do everything. Yeah. 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 I was definitely like pushing the needle, like pushing myself somewhere. I didn't know where, um, but the last few things I added in were breath work. Um, like I started doing like deep breathing exercises after class, like in my room. So that probably had something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like, if you know anything about Kundalini, like that probably also triggered the Kundalini aspect. Uh, so it was life force first and then Kundalini, like in that one happened first. Yeah. So the way I visualize it and it was such like a tumultuous time that I'm not even sure if I'm remembering right. But the way that I remember is I had that like awakening experience, which I now know is called a soul retrieval. Um, mm. cause I've had that work done again on myself. And I'm like, that's what I felt. Cause I like basically went to a healer and they did that for me. And I was like, oh my God, that's what happened. I had a spontaneous soul retrieval. Um, but I imagine that happening first. And then I remember after that was the Kundalini, but it's possible. I did so much breath work that I triggered the Kundalini, which triggered the interesting soul retrieval. So I honestly don't know which happened first. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it is now, yeah, it is very funny that we just did a Kundalini episode. Please go back and listen to that, guys, if you are listening to this and you're like, what are they talking about? Um, I know a few people who would describe their experience in life right now as dissociative. So I hope that they're listening. <laughs> and I hope yeah. that it gives them some kind of hope because it, it, I can't imagine. Like, I know I felt like that in my life. Kelsey, I know you have too. We both have had experiences where we didn't feel right in the world. Um, but how many years did you say? At least four years. Yeah. I'm not really sure when it started, yeah, um, but at least four years. Definitely hard. Um, yeah. Okay. So looking back, now that you have a more spiritual perspective and you're mostly healed slash healing from the experience, what do you think are, you don't have to go into the trauma of what happened, but what do you think are the feelings that you were trying to dissociate from? Like, what do you think that you were geniusly trying to avoid because maybe a part of you felt that you couldn't handle that? I'm so glad you just asked that because that's kind of what I wanted. I was feeling like talking about next very intuitive of you. <laughs> um, yeah. So people always ask me, especially people who understand depersonalization, they're like, well, what happened? Like, were you in a car accident? Like, were you, you know, abused? Like what happened to you? What was that big T trauma? And I don't have an answer because I've had a very fortunate life. I'm very Isn't privileged. Isn't that so frustrating when you yeah. go through something so hard and people are like, oh, something really bad must have happened to you. And you're like, well, no, <laughs> I just like can't deal with regular life then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically this one healer I went to, I think she, she was onto something. Um, she said that uh, for me, it was like a combination of a lot of past life trauma, very intense past life trauma. And actually, I've, I've done a lot of uh, healing around past lives. And so that's one of the reasons I do past life healing for others now, because it's just helped me a lot. Um, 
so many different healers I've gone to, they're like, did you know you were decapitated in like this situation? And like, I have all like this string of past lives where I've been like decapitated. Um, so trigger warning, but uh, yeah, Decapitation. it's like, yes. And all <laughs> these different scenarios. Not a common um, trigger warning. Definitely. Yeah. Not it's interesting. One, but, yeah. Um, but when I was doing, when I was going through the Kundalini healing, I felt like my subtle body was healing injuries that I've never had in this life. Yeah. Um, one of them was like, I was biting. It felt like I was biting down on my tongue. Uh, so like subtle body healing, you're not actually doing, you know, your body isn't moving in the way that you think it is. So I would, with my eyes closed, feel like my thumb was moving. And then I would look down and it would, it wasn't moving. So at a subtle body level, I think I needed to heal a lot of past life trauma. Explain to people what a subtle body is in case they don't know. Yeah. So essentially it's like, I don't actually know the details about it, but that's just how it makes sense in my head is the basically the energy that's in our body and kind of like shaped like our body, if that makes sense. So it's, um, if you think of like our body as a vessel, like a cup, and then your energy being the water in the cup, be that water, like all throughout your body. And it feels kind of like water when it moves, it has like a flow. And it Um, can carry energy from the past. Yes. So it's part of our soul. It is our soul. And our soul has lived other lifetimes, at least that's what I believe, um, based off of my experiences. But yeah, so I think past life was a huge part of that. I think my soul was all already very damaged. Like I hate to say it that way, but it's just the truth of what I've experienced. Um, and then I've gone to a lot of healers, like the one who did the soul retrieval. And um, she had said, I just had a lot of really rough past lives. So anyways, that's a part of it. I think another part to know is just being intuitive and a starseed and sensitive. I think that when you come into this world as a human and you feel things so strongly, uh, it's uncomfortable you know, like being alive can be really uncomfortable in so many different ways. Um, I think when I was younger, it was just like social anxiety mostly because I just never seemed to say the right things or um, I hated like being, this is funny to say, but I like, I hated being the center of attention. So the fact that I'm here with you guys right now is like, I've healed a lot. Same thing. Super awkward. <laughs> yeah. Don't say the right thing. Don't like attention. And yet here I am too. So exactly. we're doing a great job, you and me. <laughs> yeah. My first association was definitely in like fifth grade. I remember we played this game called around the world where they had this blow up ball, like of a it was like a globe and you would throw it around the room. And every time you catch it, you have to answer a math problem. Uh-huh. And I remember not knowing what seven times seven was and my teacher, like berating me in front of the whole class. And I distinctly remember like in my head being like, I wish I was a balloon that could float away. And <sighs> like, that was like my first dissociation. Symbolism, imagery. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think a lot of trauma with a little t like piled on top of each other especially as a sensitive person then you're intuitive so you're taking on other people's feelings your mind reading thinking you know what people are thinking but really you don't um and yet your super conscious is holding on to all this super big t trauma stuff you know 
Exactly. And I think also a beautiful part of it is that if you resonate with the starseed concept, your soul like knows other beautiful places. So it's especially hard to be in a challenging situation as a human Mm -hmm. on earth when your soul has this like remembering for like this fantastical realm. Like how can you not want to dissociate and like go back there? (laughs) What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, long story short, I think that it was like a culmination of those things. And I want to touch on the trauma piece too, because it's like, I know I've said this before on the show, but it's so often that we compare, right? We're like, oh, I shouldn't right. be traumatized from some something so minimal. Like she had something that happened that was actually really terrible. And like my life was fine. So like, what am I upset about? But when you're sensitive, you experience things differently than other people mm-hmm. might. And so something that might seem small to one person can be very traumatic to another, especially a sensitive being, a creature that is so um intuitive and deep and you know watery that's like an easy trap to fall into and like I know for me like growing up I've had like a great life nothing traumatic quote-unquote happened to me and yet I fell into a three-year slump of depression because I was essentially like going through a crisis of not being able to do what I thought I was put on this earth to do, which to me was very traumatic. And some people would say, oh, you just, you know, you had a craft and you had a sport and you got injured, big whoop that happens to a lot of people. But to me, Wait, that who was said like that the- to you? I will punch them in the face. Doctors told me that they said, oh, Ugh. you're just injured. Pick another sport. Right. And to me, I was training to be a professional ballerina. <laughs> I felt that was my purpose. That was like my thing thing that was what I was here to do and then when I couldn't do that that was very traumatic for me that might not have been traumatic for somebody else um yeah and we just can't compare because everyone experiences things so differently and the trauma the traumatic event is one thing but it's what happens inside of you that is the actual lingering trauma damage it's the coping mechanisms that you create it's the stories that you tell yourself it's the way that you use what happened against yourself that's what is like the most traumatic part about it right because bad things happen to all people at all times in different areas and in different degrees but it's really the aftermath that is like the trauma you know so I think it's important for us to keep that in mind and like just never compare if you are feeling traumatized from something it's okay (laughs) well and the other side of that too like for the longest time I would be comparing my life to like people like Kelsey like what the frick why is this my life like why can't I just be a ballerina you know like (laughs) things like that and I think that at the end of the day we on a soul level picked this path. We each picked our own individual path, right? And I think what really helped me was focusing more on why would my soul pick this path? How is this path the best path for me? And how can I make it the best for me? And that includes pain and healing and more trauma and you know like messy days and really happy days and I I agree wholeheartedly that once we can stop like quantifying our trauma big or little and and wondering why we don't have a different life or why we don't have better whatever and start focusing on like why is this the best thing that could ever happen to me because I really do believe that every single soul if they are conscious of that being their path can make it exactly what it needs to be we came here to learn and grow and actually feel pain and feel our feelings as well so 
Um, however we do that is uniquely ours. And I think we just need to own that more as a collective. <laughs> and speaking Yeah, of- I appreciate you guys saying that. Yeah, I just wanted to like, I don't know, help you normalize it. Cause like Thank I you. can I can sense a little bit of like self-judgment and like, oh, I didn't have like anything like really that bad in this lifetime. It's well, like I wondered for to, a while. You know? Like I really did wonder for a while. I'm like for a long time I thought maybe my memory was like right something trying to repressed. keep me safe from something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at this point I think I've gone to enough healers that would have come up. That's what I tell myself. So but yeah. Well, and you're if- not you're, this isn't your first rodeo, as they say. I think on some level you would have like felt it, even if you couldn't yeah. put a finger on it. You you could potentially be like, I I really feel like something happened. I I just you, yeah. you're you're pretty intuitive. Like I think Kelsey and I can both agree. <laughs> just your energy and you being like on, you know, the energy level that you're on. Like it's pretty clear. I mean, it might it would have come up from you if not from someone else. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but all traumas are traumas. So yeah. Appreciate you guys saying that. <laughs> yeah. Of course. And shifting focus a little bit from the the dilemma to the solution on your mm-hmm. healing path and whether it was earlier or now, what are some of the other embodiment practices that have been helping you? Cause I know you mentioned breath work was probably super helpful. Um, and you were practicing yoga at the time. Is there anything that you're doing these days? Like, are you doing a lot of emotional work? Are you dancing? Are you going in the ocean? Like what types of embodiment practices are you doing now to try and like deepen your connection and what's been like working for you? Yeah. Um, let's see. It's always been a little bit of a blind spot for me, but definitely since starting my business, it's become clear to me that it's really important for me to do this kind of work. Um, not just for myself, but so that I can show up for clients in a grounded way. Um, I think lately it's really just being in nature, like hands down. It's one of the best ways for me to feel in my body. And I think, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because we spend so much time with the computer, especially as business owners. And if you think about, if you think about it through like a scientific lens, me in my head, but we'll go there. Mm. Um, (laughs) You know, everything has a frequency and computers don't have a frequency that is healthy for us. If we're being honest, the earth does. That's where we, that's our home, right? So our energy is meant to be intermingling with the energy of the earth. Um, And you can feel it. Like if you just kick your shoes off and lay down in like some moss, like you can feel the shift in your energy. Um, I think that especially and then also more recently I've always been into manifesting but never as much as I am right now because I've realized that I have all this like wisdom like all these experiences and this knowledge and like the the know-how but um really the only thing blocking me from allowing myself to be a grounded person is the belief that I'm not like I've been telling myself for so long that you're not a grounded person, like you're like air, like kind of um, a space cadet, you know, like I, I identified as that for so long. So I'm almost more in like the hypnotherapy realm and the manifesting realm of like, what if I just shift my belief about yeah. who I am and how I show up in the world? What if I'm actually a very grounded person? Uh, so doing a lot more affirmations and sort of incorporating like the embodiment practice, like you said, with some more like self-hypnosis, if that makes sense. 
Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal, once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal, and that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back, and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. Yeah, it yeah. definitely makes sense. I think hitting it, it makes sense the to mind, me. the soul <laughs> and the body is always a good trifecta, you know? <laughs> totally. There's so many somatic techniques too. Like I am just like, I there's so much to learn. I'm honestly like so excited to dive into it more. There's like emotional freedom technique. There's all the vagal theory mm -hmm. stuff. So I know once I go down that rabbit hole, there's like going to be no stopping me. I'll prop, I would love to become like a certified somatic coach just like someday, but um, yeah, I can't do it all at once, but I'm excited <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yes. You can do it all, but not all at once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love it. That's so cool. Uh, no, I was just asking because for me, I mean, I'm a dancer by nature, right? So I'm a very body person. Like I love being in my body and using my body and expressing through my body. So I'm feeling intuitively for you that you need to like do more body movement type stuff, whether it's like riding a bike or um, I don't know, picking up something maybe that's new that requires a lot of focus, like yoga, you might be more practiced at, but maybe it's like Tai Chi or some sort of other way of moving with the body where you're like, okay, I need to know that like my arm is here or like how to move it this way. And you're like really in your body commanding the body because I know that's one really fast way to like tap in, tune in and turn on. Or maybe it's just like dance parties, you know, when you're taking a break from work or whatever, like every, everyone has their own practices, but I'm just really, really, really feeling for you that like body movement and body commanding and body assertion and body play and body pleasure are all going to be like, really important for you in your healing journey. Yeah. I appreciate that validation because it's something that I know, but like I said, I don't know why it's like, I love when I do it, you know, like when I dance, I'm like, this is amazing. I need to do this all the time. But it, I think sometimes I put it on the back burner, you know? Um, and we actually do I do that. love weightlifting. Like, yeah, that's I don't, you one. know what I mean? I got really into weightlifting for a while. Um, and I've been feeling like maybe it makes me feel like an earthbender. Like, do you guys like Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes. I'm like, this is like <laughs> earthbender energy, you yeah. know, which is that. very grounding. So maybe, yeah, doing some like earthbending in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> and just pro tip, if you are someone who likes to go to the gym and you want to feel more grounded, all the like booty stuff and um like leg stuff, core work, but like lower body things where you're pushing yourself off the ground mm -hmm. or you're pushing a machine. Um, those are really helpful to like get you more grounded energetically um, more than, you know, like arm and like upper body stuff. So next yeah. time you go to the gym, just keep that in mind, like get a good lower body workout in and I promise get them squats in girl. Grounded. Yeah. Get that them squats great. in. 
get all that good. Squats are my favorite thing to do. If going. I do anything, it's always squats. First. It's powerful. Like yeah. you can feel your own power and it's also just like really gratifying, grounding. You feel good. I used to run a lot too. And I, I think I was running to like self, um, like treat my anxiety in college. I don't really yeah. run as much anymore, but I'm like, oh, well maybe I'm just like less anxious. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever but, yeah. hang out on the floor? I do. I a lot I lately. Yeah. I <laughs> That helps me a lot. Like if I'm feeling ungrounded, like let's say I have a couple of coaching calls and it was a lot of channeling and it's just like a lot of heady and I was moving a lot of energy. I'm like, okay. And I'll just get on the ground. Even if I'm on the second floor of my house or get on my yeah. ground mat and just stretch on the floor, like 10 to 15 minutes, just chilling, breathing on the floor, playing with my dog, sitting, or sometimes when I watch TV, instead of sitting on the couch, just sitting on the floor, I feel like that's like a really just like lazy way to, to Dang, get it's definitely too. a thing yeah. I seriously have been like if I feel like low energy I will get on the floor and I'm like I never questioned or knew what the heck I was doing I was just like getting on the floor because I wanted to be on the floor it helps <laughs> it's like so interesting that you say that wow definitely no it's really helps. good for that because obviously like getting on the earth is like best case but even the if best. you're in your house it's still grounding to hang out on the floor yeah like if you have a grounding mat and your dog chews through the cord you can still just lay on the floor you know <laughs> i know i'm so sad about it oh no <laughs> i have puppy. my grounding mat here Hashtag puppy always, life. Like, i always have my feet on it when we're recording when i'm on coaching calls and stuff so i'm just like grounded all the time plugged in and then the other day I was getting interviewed on this woman's <laughs> podcast and my dog was being crazy and I didn't like put him away. So I had him with me and I was like, oh, he'll just sleep on my lap. No. So then he was getting all squirmy, all crazy. So I had to put him down. And then of course I put him down. He's getting into everything, right? He's chewing on the cords. He's chewing on the shoes. But of course I'm like trying to be present with this woman, like not get distracted Ugh. by the dog. And he ate through the cord of my grounding mat and he almost swallowed no. a piece of it. But luckily I took it out of his mouth and that was the end of my grounding mat cord. So now I need to order a new one. But I can totally you order just it. the cord or do you Hashtag have to get a whole new mat? Puppy life. I can probably just find the cord. Mm. Likely on eBay or some like more random place like that. But if Damn. not, I'll just get a new mat. But it was sad. And I texted Lindsay because Lindsay got me my grounding mat as oh. a wedding gift. And I was like, Lindsay, you'll never believe what my devilish puppy did. He ate it. Yeah, they love cords, man. <laughs> And usually he's not so obsessed with cords. So I didn't think that would happen, but here we are, you know, here we are. I get it. I've, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm not at my house because I know my, my dog would take over this entire call. Wise. So <laughs> uh, <very wise. laughs> yep. oh, I want to get grounding shoes. So oh, yeah, shoes are actually like, sometimes I wonder like, are shoes the reason that humanity is where it is now? Do you understand? Listen to me. Do you understand how many times, just even today that I've had that thought? Like <laughs> we always talk about, oh, technology. Oh, we built artificial houses. We're out, we're inside instead of outside. And I'm like, yeah. And even when we are outside, we're in shoes. So we are constantly, there's a layer of like separation Oh, at all times, unless you consciously go barefoot. I I cannot mm -hmm. tell you how I, I stress it into my kids all the time. Like it's the shoes. <laughs> it is. I, I totally sound like a crazy lady, is. but I, well, now I they really... make cute shoes. Like we're getting to that point, like where they make cute shoes now with it's not actual rubber, like it's conductive. Mm -hmm. So like you could be wearing shoes, which you don't get the acupressure benefit of where if you're wearing shoes, but you could get the electrical, like the, the frequency of the earth, like that benefit. 
Okay. Um, so my I'm first gonna thought have to is get like, <laughs> okay. So now I'm like, what about lightning? <laughs> I thought the are same you- thing too. As I was saying it, I was like, you're great. Are you like a- maybe yeah. just only wear them on like sunny days. <laughs> as soon as the lightning, like the storm comes out, switch shoes. Like always <laughs> seriously, your lightning shoes in the back of your car, just in case. Oh, <laughs> I've never God. heard of this. That's interesting. If anybody out there has these shoes, please reach out and tell me how they are. And if you've been struck by lightning, cause I'm very interested to know more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay well on that note wait I do have one more question then we can get out of here yeah okay lastly for the listeners okay if they are feeling how you felt and they're like I just didn't know what it was before but now I know what it is what would you tell them first like what's the first thing you wish you knew uh starting your journey of re- soul retrieval I guess I would call mm-hmm. it Yeah, I would say two things. First off, you're not alone and it's totally normal. And the second thing is to try not to focus on it. So the the challenge with that feeling is disassociate from your disassociation. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So basically, um, it gets worse when you're anxious because Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's actually really a form of anxiety if you think about it. Is dissociation there? kind of the same thing it's extreme anxiety anxiety gets so high that you dissociate so it's a symptom um so it can kind of create this vicious cycle because you feel anxious about the dissociation which causes more anxiety so the best thing to do is just to not turn it into this big thing right which is a little bit counterintuitive because obviously we have this feeling like something's wrong something's off and so your brain wants to say let's fix it let's problem solve it and it goes into this like anxious sort of um, obsessive thinking the best thing to do is just observe that and be like oh yeah this doesn't feel great I'm dissociating right now this is normal everyone experiences this at some point in their life the best thing for me to do is to just move on with my day and not focus on it if someone had told me that, like when I was first experiencing it, I would have been like so much better off, but I just didn't know. So oh, I love that. Yep. That makes so much sense, right? Because what you focus on expands. And especially it's like the stories and the narratives you tell yourself about that experience that cause more panic, right? The actual experience might be kind of boring and docile, a little bit weird. Like, mm-hmm. and you could approach that from a place of curiosity and observation. Or you could approach that from a place of panic, be like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? What is happening? I'm never going to come back to my body. This is terrible. This is a disaster. And then boom, you're even further disassociated. And I've had- The latter is very common. (laughs) Right? I've had a lot of clients that I work with that are very anxious and I've helped them to not spin themselves into panic attacks because panic attacks are literally like anxiety about your anxiety, right? It's one thing to just have an anxious experience and know how to work through and process and move on from that. But if you just latch onto it with more anxiety, panic attack, boom, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. So I'm glad that you said that because Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to feel like, oh, I should focus on the problem always in order to create the solution. And that's just not always the case. And especially when you look at it from a law of attraction standpoint, it does make sense that, you know, you're focusing on that. It's expanding, it's getting bigger. And then you're just like caught up in so much momentum. That's hard to get out, Mm. right? So much easier to like backtrack once you've only gone a little bit in versus like trying to totally change the direction of momentum that you've created once the momentum is super strong. 
Yeah. yeah. A lot of people say, will say, well, if I'm not focusing on it, then how do I feel better? Because it can be kind of a natural feeling to just say, I'm not going to do anything to take care of myself. So what I, what I would say for those people is like, write down a plan. Like maybe yeah. you're going to get a therapist. Like maybe you're going to do, um, there's this gentleman, Sean O'Connor, he made like a whole self-help program to like do what you need to do to work through that form of anxiety. So like come up with a plan and then set it aside. It's when you get into like that obsessive thinking yeah. that it becomes a problem. And if you're really struggling with the obsessive thinking part, start to do some shadow work on that part of you, because that's like, if you think about parts work, that's a part of you that really loves you and like really cares about you and just wants you to feel okay. So there's nothing wrong with that part of your mind. It's just bringing in like another narrative to work with it and to try to help that anxious part of you feel safe and like have that sort of dynamic, if that makes sense. And bonus, not only is it giving you more information and discovery about yourself, but it's also getting you away from the disassociation. It's getting you to focus on something else that's actually probably way more productive than uh, spiraling. So I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Shadow work is just never a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) And what you said makes so much sense too, because like you, a lot of times we think that fighting the thing that we don't want is going to get us like the resolution, right? When really it's, you have to decide, okay, this is the thing that I don't want. What's the opposite of that? How can I place my energy and attention and focus there? This is the reason why like so many protests and like anti this, anti that movements don't get anywhere because they're not putting their energy towards the solution they're just putting it towards hating what they don't like about the world right focusing so on the anti-war problem. movements like we still have war <laughs> these anti-cancer like i get it but let's be pro health let's be pro peace we need to be for what we are for and what we believe in if you actually want to make an energetic dent and change from the initiation point of that thing like if you want to change the thing you have to change your approach you can't just go against it that's just a form yeah, that's of like rule one of manifesting guys let's get right. away resistance from what we don't want is no bueno and you can't just go around resisting everything <laughs> Start attracting it what change. you do yeah yeah you exactly. gotta be for what you're for fully mm-hmm. be for it go in that direction focus on it and naturally you'll move away from the problem like you said totally oh. well said amen Amen to that, sisters. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. Well, Lindsay, that was a great last question. That was kind of what I was going to ask too. Any like parting words or any advice for anyone who maybe they don't experience disassociation on that high level that you did, but just people who want to connect more deeply to themselves and be more embodied. Um, If you have any last messages for them. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it really comes down to self-compassion, like for every human being I've ever met, it's self-compassion that, you know, can be challenging. We, you might like yourself, you might even love yourself, but in the moments that are hard, can you bring in self-compassion that is unconditional, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not something that you can ever logic your way through. It's something that it's a gift that you give yourself. So this is like a permission slip. I'm giving you guys a permission slip to give yourself unconditional love and self-compassion and anything that you're struggling with. Mm, beautiful. 
couldn't have said it better myself. You know me. <laughs> that's my whole jam. <laughs> the radical self-love train. So I'm here for it. I'm all about it. Where can people find out more about you? Where can they work with you? Where can they follow you? Yeah. Uh, so anyone can go to my website, cosmicmarina.com. You can follow me on all the social medias and feel free to send me a message um, anytime. I'm, I love chatting with people. Um, and I have a Patreon as well. Uh, it's So what I do on there is Tarot Tuesday. So basically fun. every Tuesday I channel a tarot reading and it's fun and interactive. Uh, so that's a great way to just sort of like enter into my whole little world, if you will. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Beautiful. Um, not to put you on the spot or anything, but for our Patreon, would you be willing to pull a card for our Patreon? I have them right here. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. She knows. She's already on the Patreon, so she knows how it works. Yes. Um, but I mean, they always get readings from us and our cards. So I think it'd be more fun for you to pull a card if you're open oh, totally. to that. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to stick around for the card reading, go to patreon.com slash high vibe. That's where we post the video versions of every episode. They are always extended. We're always chatting with the guests before and after the show. So you get longer conversations and we post free gifts in there for you guys sometimes. And it's just a couple bucks a month that helps support the show and you get all the access to all the goodies. And that's where all the high vibe in it, VIP super fans hang out. So if you're loving the show and you appreciate the show, go to patreon.com slash high vibe. Otherwise, unless Lindsay has anything else that she wants to say before we wrap up, we'll talk at you we next week. Love ya. And if you haven't left a review on our podcast, via I think Spotify or uh, iTunes are the only ones that do it. It really, really helps us out, helps push the show to other people. We love you guys so much and we appreciate you every week. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Thank you to everybody who has left a review and shared the podcast with friends and family. We super appreciate it. It really helps the show a lot, especially because our goal is to get over 1 million downloads before the end of 2023. And we definitely need and appreciate your help to do it. You can further support the show by joining patreon.com slash high vibe to get exclusive content, extended episodes, bonuses, and more. Thanks again for listening. We love you so much and we'll be back next week with another new episode. Bye. Bye.